0: Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the word. Remain standing and let's get into the word. I don't like it when he introduces me. It makes me nervous. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Uh, But I am blessed and honored to be able to minister and blessed and honored by these awesome leaders that I've seen every day of my life. Would you give it up for Dr. Morocco and Pastor Colleen? (laughs) Amazing. You know, they're exactly the same at home as they are here. And a lot of that's great, except when you're home and you want to sleep. And they say, hey, have you done that yet? Have you done that? Can you get this done? Hey, you need to go here. You need to go there. It's you powerful. You've got to get up. What are you doing? How come you're still sleeping? <laughs> Jesus. No, they're amazing leaders. And I am so glad I get to work with them to advance God's kingdom. Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to get into the word. Romans chapter 12. This is a passage of scripture we all know and love. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will let's pray lord i thank you for your word it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path i pray for an anointing to be upon me come on just begin to pray right now all across this place Lord, I pray for an anointing to be upon me that I will speak forth your word in power and in might. Lord God, I pray for an anointing to be upon your people that they would hear your voice tonight. Lord, that you would bring transformation, change. You would give us insight. Lord, that we may be your people following your will and your purpose. Have your way in this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'll never forget A moment when I heard the voice of the Lord I was in college uh, getting my bachelor's I was in my senior year and I was going through senioritis I wanted to get out of there as soon as possible and I heard the voice of the Lord as I grabbed mail out of the mailbox and I was walking across I could tell you exactly where I was when the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said Janelle you need to go get your master's degree in counseling And I said, no way, because I'm not very smart, God. I'm one of those people who can't spell. And those of you who took my Arise course could probably do all the problems I did. (laughs) I'm not a very smart girl. And in fact, all my theology courses, I got an A plus in. All my counseling courses, I got a C plus sometimes. And I said, Lord, I can do theology easy. And he says, no, I want you to do it in counseling. And I had a choice at that moment. And I said, Lord, please, no. Give me a year off, Lord, please. I can't do this. I can't go straight into school, Lord. Please, please, just one year. Well, in that year, I came back home to Maui, and my uncle, David Morocco, put me to work in the school, and by the end of that year, I was crying out to God, God, please send me to school. Lord, please just get me out of here and send me to school. Well, that one decision of taking a year off between my bachelor's and my master's became to question my life. God, did I make the right choice? What if I had gone to that original school that I had thought about right after college and, and would I be here today? Did I miss my husband? Did I miss my money? Did I miss, did I miss, miss, miss? Where would I have been? Oh no, I missed the will of God for my life. No. In the past month, this scripture in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 kept replaying over and over in my mind the good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I began to meditate it and research it and study it. And there is this concept throughout churches right now of the permissive versus the perfect will of God. And I've heard Christians, I've, I've thought it myself, oh, I missed God. I should have gone to that other school. Maybe I could have done this and this and this for God. Maybe I could have made lots of money. Hallelujah. Did I buy the right car? Did I buy the right house? Did I marry the right spouse? Was this the right timing of God? Oh, I missed God on that. Oh, it's just his permissive will. He didn't kill me, but I lived. I went through life. It's his permissive will. And most of the theology is surrounding on this passage right here in Romans 12: the good, pleasing and perfect will of God." And people take it to mean that there is a good will of God, there is a uh, pleasing will of God, and there is the perfect will of God. Well, if you do the word "study," it has nothing to do with that. It's wrong. Everybody say, it's wrong. That is a false theology. And many of us buy into that. And we buy into the condemnation of the enemy that we didn't do good enough. We aren't acceptable before God. And we'll never attain the perfect will of God for our life. But that is not what the Apostle Paul is speaking about in this passage in fact, the will of God becomes elusive and random and unattainable. But I have news for you tonight. The will of God is attainable. We can know the purpose of God for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, all of us know it and love it. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. You see, that is God's will for your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. What we see in this passage, and actually throughout Romans, the apostle Paul shows us the will of God and his purpose. How do we know God's will? Well, first of all, we know God's will through the word of God. What is God's will? That none should perish and all come to repentance. That is the primary will of God. Anything outside of that or beyond that is God's great will, and it's wonderful. But it always comes back down to salvation, always. That is God's will. It says it in Matthew, Mark, and John, to go into all the world, preach the gospel, God's peace, God's love, God's life spread throughout this world. God's call is that you have life and life more abundantly. He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He wants you to be used of him to bring his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' purpose on this earth was to bring salvation, healing, miracles, prophecy, the church, the Holy Spirit, and that is God's will for our lives. If we're doing that, we're doing God's will. If God becomes primary in our lives, we are doing his will. But here we see in this passage some interesting things about knowing and doing the will of God. So if you're taking notes tonight, I'm gonna give you three points found in this passage about doing and knowing the will of God. Here in this passage we see the Apostle Paul speaking to us. (laughs) I don't like it. To tell you the truth, this is not one of my favorite passages because it speaks of death. How do we know and do the will of God? Number one, we've got to die to self. And in fact, the Apostle Paul uses this concept of a living sacrifice. A a living sacrifice. That means daily dying to yourself. How many of you can say amen to that one? No, no. (laughs) That's like, can we skip over that one, Lord? Can we just skip to the next verse? because it is very difficult to die to ourself. But that's what Jesus did. In fact, Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew six, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus was the ultimate uh, example of this. We see it in Matthew 26, 42, where he comes before God. He says, not my will be done, but your will be done. Even when he went to the cross, Not what I want, God, but your will be done. You see, our self is the concept of the sinful nature, and the apostle Paul talks about it many times, about the, the deeds of the sinful nature or the deeds of our flesh, putting to death our flesh. That means our pride, our anger, our rage, our lust, our lying, our cheating, abuse, manipulation, fear, control. Those are all things of the flesh. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying. If you want to know the will of God, if you want to walk in the will of God, number one, you've got to die. Turn to your neighbor and say, die, flesh, die. Don't tell them to die. We're killing our flesh, amen. That is the I want, I need, I got to have it this way. Me, 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 me which is our whole language in our society today. It's all about I, me. But if we're doing the will of God, and as we walk in the will of God, we must die to our flesh. It's very interesting to me, a David's psalm in Psalm 51, when he is crying out to God, that he's been exposed for the evil of murder and adultery in his life and trying to cover it up. He says a phrase, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. David had this understanding that in and of ourselves, we are messed up. God, you gotta just create a brand new heart. You gotta create the righteousness in me because I am messed up and I am fallen. You gotta just kill the old and make me brand new. That is what the apostle Paul is talking about here—a living sacrifice, that we die to our flesh and we live holy, acceptable, holy. One of the things that I've noticed, um, as I've worked with many min- uh, missionaries, there is a whole enclosed um, nations, a whole realm of missionaries, and they're under the concept of live dead. That's cool. We should have T-shirts that come to KC and live dead. (laughs) Die, flesh, die. That would be a really cool T-shirt. Come on, Pastor Alex, give me a T-shirt. Or live holy, because that kills our flesh. But not only die to self, the apostle Paul speaks to us and he says, uh, if we're going to do God's will and as we know God's will, we number one, die to self, but number two, we renew the mind. That word there, be transformed by the renewing of the mind, the word transformed is the same word that we use for metamorphosis, which is what we see that happens with a butterfly from a worm and a caterpillar to flying in beauty and splendor. That's what the renewing of the mind looks like, a complete transformation, complete difference. Now we're not talking about a fly fish that jumps out of the water and flies for a moment and then gets back in. That is not the type of Christianity that we are living. We're not talking about a salmon that likes to jump upstream for just a moment out of the water and then gets back in it. No, no, no. That's the things of this world. God has called us to be transformed, to metamorphose, completely different and transformed. And he says, by the renewing of the mind, that word mind means intellect, feeling, ability to judge something, the wisdom of man versus the wisdom of God. How do we know God? How do we be transformed? Well, we know the word of God. The Word of God is our life. It is our joy. It is everything that we need, must come from the Word of God. In fact, I was reading through the book of Proverbs the other day, and it struck me how much he pushes wisdom. Wisdom is important. Hey, go to school, go to KSM, know the word of God, get into the word of God, go to a life group. Don't just say, oh, I'm a Christian now and that's it. No, know the word of God. The more I get into the word of God, the more I understand God, his character, his holiness, his power. But what I love more than anything is Dr. Morocco, he's got his Bible Uh, It gets destroyed upon destroyed upon destroyed because he reads through it so many times. And we've got many of his Bibles at home. My grandma used to read the Bible every single year. And I love it because the more you read it, the more you know. The more you know God, the more you see God, the more you can battle the works of the enemy, the more your mind is renewed. Hebrews 4.12 says, it is the word of God that is powerful, like a two-edged sword, that it judges, it helps us identify what is truth and what is a lie, helps us identify what is flesh and what is God. If we go based on what other people say, they can be wrong every single time. If we go based on the knowledge of the world, it will be wrong every single time. But if we go based on the Word of God, it releases faith. It releases power. as it's not about our power and our authority. It is by God's Word. James 3.17, it says, The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. That's the wisdom from God. Philippians 4.8, finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. They're trying to get to you to the place of renewing your mind by the word of God. How do we know then do the will of God? Number one, we die. Die to self. Number two, we renew the mind. Number three, we test it. I think it's very interesting what the Apostle Paul writes here. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. But do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test. Everyone say test. There are certain times that we can test. We can test the will of God and we can test him in our offering, in our tithes and offering. That's what Malachi 3 says, test me now in this. So there's two times that we can test God. We can test his will and we can test him financially. Otherwise, we don't want to test God. We want to trust him. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. We test it test to see what is the will of God. Here are three tests. Number one, is it good? You see, the apostle Paul lines this up, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. That is how we know what the will of God is. Is it good? Dr. Morocco's saying that's good. Dr. Morongo is hilarious. All growing up, because I'm going to pick on him because he's on the front row. <laughs> all growing up, he would say this phrase, be good, whenever he'd leave. Not, I love you. You're wonderful. I bless the Lord for you. No, be good. And then he would say it to all of his pastors, so even when I'm on the phone with him, hey, dad, this is going on, life, I'm in college. All right, see you later. Be good. Like, what? I'm your daughter. And he was so obsessive with it. Finally, by the time I came home, I remember clearly I was driving home to Wailuka and I said, Dad, I am offended. You always tell me to be good, but I am good. I am not bad. I am not doing evil. I am doing good. So stop telling me to be good. And instead of repenting and saying, I love you, your wonderful daughter, which is what I wanted to hear, he gave me the theological ramifications of be good. And so every time he said, be good, I'm like, okay, okay, this is theology. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm being good. Amen. I'm going to do good. And it was awesome because God just gave him a huge revelation. And he just taught it to all of our KSM students about the characteristics of a godly leader is to do good. God's will is that we be good. God's will is that we do Good. That is how we test the will of God. Is it good? Ask yourself if a decision that you're going to make is good. Is it good for your family? Is it good for your spouse? Is it good for your workplace? Is it good? If we look at our life choices by goodness factor rather than fulfilling a need or desire factor, things change. Even going, buying a car. I remember sitting in a counseling session and the husband wanted to buy a truck. He had been working and saving because he wanted a truck for so many years, but their car was dying and they had a lot of kids. And the wife says, honey, we need to buy a van. What was good? Was it good that he needed to buy a car? a a truck yeah that was good he's been saving up for it he was a good steward it would be good to buy a truck but what benefited his family more a van the choices and the decisions that we make if we put good what is good not just for me but for those surrounding me what is good for the church what is good for my neighbor what is good we will be walking in the good will of god When I was in the Philippines on my first trip, I was driving, I was in a taxi on the way to the airport, and I, we drove past a little beggar on the street and my heart, a little boy, my heart just began to break for him. And he was crying and asking for money. And I was like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And uh, of course, my parents taught me, you never really want to give money to those that are begging on the street because it won't really go to them. It'll go to their boss or it'll go towards drugs. But I wanted to do good. And I had a banana with me, praise the Lord. And I gave him the banana. And the driver gave me a whole lecture on the rest of the way to the airport of not to do good but we are called to be good and to do good. In Chile, I've been so proud of our church in Chile. Pastor Bruno and Pastor Heather, along with Pastor Italo and Pastor Sharon and Minister Sandra have been working hard even in the time of COVID and even before COVID when the whole government began to shut down. Their goal was to do good. And they have given away boxes and boxes of groceries. And God has done miracles where rice multiplied and food multiplied. People who had no jobs that got laid off got brand new jobs or started businesses or bought houses. And it all began with doing good. Can I ask you a question? Are you doing good? a passage of scripture that I do not like. I don't know if it's okay to say that or not. I don't like it. James chapter four, verse 17. It says, him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. I do not like, I'm gonna go yell at James when we get to heaven. Because every time I go to Ross and something falls on the ground, That scripture hits me, him to know to do good. Could it be that when we don't do good, even as James is saying, it is sin before the Lord. And if we're sinning, then are we doing the will of God? God's called us as men and women of God to do good. Hey, if you haven't done good in the past and you've made some bad decisions, repent and then do good. Because I love it what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, that God will turn it for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose or his will. So if we don't do good and we just totally messed up, which we all do, we repent and we get back in line with the word of God. We get back in line in his will and we endeavor to do good. Do good. Secondly, the Apostle Paul says, test it in doing good. And secondly, does it please God? That word pleasing in the Greek is well-pleasing or acceptable. It's the same word that Paul uses in Philippians 4.18, where he talks about an offering that was made. It comes before God as a fragrant offering, well-pleasing unto God. 2 Corinthians 5, it says it makes our goal to please Him. Ephesians 5.10, find out what pleases the Lord. Could it be that as Christians and men and women of faith and power, as we mature and as we grow in God, that God's call for us is not only to do good, but live life to please Him? In praise and worship, standing there and watching everybody, does that please God? In your job, when you go a little bit over on the time card uh, just to make up your hours, does that please God? Yelling and screaming at your kids, does that please God? It changes your concept, doesn't it? Oh, wait, God, you got to help me please you. See, pleasing God is a way that we can understand His will. Understand his purpose, that as we please him, he is honored and glorified by our lives. You see, if it's pleasing to the Lord, we can test it. Does this please God with my attitude? Does this please God with unforgiveness? Does this please God in what I'm wearing and what I'm doing? I've heard that people go to their closet and they say, okay, God, what do you want me to wear today? What is your will? Because if I wear the purple blouse, I could be wrong, and then I have to the orange. oh, it could have offended people, and I needed the black one today. No! That is not the will of God. He's sitting there going, "Just wear something. Something that covers the multitude of sins. God, just something, Just something. That's also you men, too, okay? We're something that matches, please. Just something that matches. That's not the will of God. The will of God is what's coming out of your mouth. Is it pleasing Him? Not cutting off somebody in traffic. Does that please the Lord? No, no, no. Okay, Lord, help me. Not giving somebody the finger because you're angry about something. That doesn't please God, You see, we can get so spiritual and and all controlling and God's just sitting there going, dude, just do good and please me. Come on. Find out what pleases the Lord. Find out. Seek him. Know his word. Uh, I love Pastor Moses Cow, our pastor to Vietnam. He's amazing. I just love sitting and hearing his stories. A phenomenal man of God. And the last time we were there in uh, Vietnam, we had done a whole uh, teaching with the pastors, but he stayed afterwards. And guess what he did? He went into the North Country on the, the line between Vietnam and China, and he began to minister to people who had never heard the gospel before. And he's told some very scary stories of places he had to sleep and what he had to eat, but he did what? please the Lord. What if we did that? God, help me please you today. Help my attitude, help what I do, make an alarm go off in my brain so that I can please you, Lord. What if we lived our life in that perspective? Thirdly, in testing the will of God, Must ask yourself the question, will it move me on to completion? You see, the Apostle Paul uses that word perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And as I began to study that word, perfect, doesn't mean perfection. Because I know a lot of Christians try to aim for perfection. That word actually means completion or maturity. God wants us to be more like him. Oh, in fact, Jesus said, Matthew 5, 48, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. What a high bar. How do we do that? Well, I love the apostle Paul's theology. You see it through all of his books. is a progressive growth in the maturity of the Lord. Hey, this is evil. This is good. Move towards good. This this is the fruit of the spirit. This is the fruit of the flesh. Move toward the fruit of the spirit. The apostle Paul is constantly moving us to a place of maturity. And that's exactly what he's speaking about here in Romans 12. He says, I want you to grow and be complete in God. Pastor Josh, uh, my brother, preached a couple weeks ago. Uh, God doesn't judge us midstream in the middle of our life. He tells us at the end, good, good job, faithful servant. He judges us at the end of our life. Why? Because we can make choices today to grow and mature and become complete in God. Step by step, day by day. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures in 2 Corinthians 3.18 is that God is moving us from glory to glory by the spirit of God. Romans 1:17. God is moving us from faith to faith. James, of course, James, James chapter one, verse four, he says, hey, uh, let perseverance, let patience have its work in you so that you can be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. What is he talking about? He's talking that we are moving forward. So I got good news for you. You messed up yesterday. Yeah, you didn't do pleasing good things, but today you can grow in God. Today you can move forward in Him. All right, we're going to set those things behind us, and I'm going to push forward toward the goal of the high calling. I'm going to move forward and walk in God's completion will for my life. That takes determination. That takes consistency even you coming here to church tonight, God is pleased with that. And he is growing in us. Every time we pray, every time we read the word, God is growing this completion in us. Will it move us on to completion in God? What if we test his will in that area? All right, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep studying your word. I'm going to move on in you. See, God is not satisfied with where we are. This past conference, I got another prophetic word, another time of Catherine Kuhlman anointing. And I'm like, Lord, I think that's five or six times already. I got it. I got it. But if I had settled for the one time that I saw a miracle or the second time where the guy had, uh, his leg was completely made whole. Okay, God, you did it. That's awesome. That's enough. I saw a miracle. No. God wants to keep moving us forward in his purpose, in his plan, in his will. It is a constant growing in God. That is one thing I love about KC. We are constantly growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Hey, we got 100 extensions, all right, let's just rest. No, now we got 500 extensions. Oh, you know what, we got 16 nations, let's have 25. Maybe that's just my vision. No, let's keep going forward. Let's fulfill the primary goal of what God has called us to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But we must continually move forward in his will. Is this going to move me forward towards completion? That when I stand before God on judgment day, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. You kept moving forward. You completed the work I've called you to do. You see, that is God's call for us. It's not all, I have to do everything perfect now. No, no, no. God is growing in us to complete his will for our lives. One of our other pastors, Pastor Kaulana, I love her. She's amazing. She's in Mozambique, Africa, one of the ugliest places in Africa. I think they call it the armpit of Africa. I'm not making that up. That is true. You can go look it up online. The armpit of Africa, and it is dirty. It's ugly. The people are amazing. I love the people, but the place is ugly. Do you know that she goes back year after year, raises funds so that she can go plant the kingdom of God in that land? For over 10 years, she tried to get the religious permit to have KC there. This past time that she went home, uh, she went over to Mozambique, and I think it was February of this year, January, February of this year, we finally got the religious permit. that We are Capilla del Rey in Mozambique, Africa. And because of this COVID thing, they couldn't kick her out of the country. Hallelujah. And because she got stuck in the country, guess what she did? Did she just, oh, poor me, pity me. No, she went and bought property. They've already started building. She got the outside walls. We took an offering last time and that helped build the outside walls of the property and even enough to build the inward walls of the church. She didn't stop. She kept moving forward. I'm gonna do what God's called me to do. It doesn't matter what the government says. I'm gonna still be here. I'm gonna plant these churches. I'm gonna raise up leaders. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I'm gonna sell what needs to sell. I'm gonna move forward. What if we judged every decision we made? God, is this making me more like you? God, is this helping me accomplish what you've called me to? You see, the will of God is that everyone is saved. And in every decision that you make, you have the choice and the right to make a decision. That is the glory of man is the decision you get to make. But what will you choose? I've got news for you. As you choose God, as you die to your flesh, (laughs) as you renew your mind, as you begin to test what God's will of its good, pleasing, perfect will for your life, God will move you forward. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. Today is brand new. Let's do it. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.